0: No,
1: the
0: right house. We want to talk to Marilyn Hack. I'm from Canada Water. I have to go to New
1: York for a few weeks. New York I leave tomorrow tomorrow Tomorrow. if I go with you I could be like your assistant no Marnie what are you doing here you said you needed a babysitter I brought bagels mom don't talk to my friends what you have to do is have him tip you upside down Hmm? Uh, That's what Joe and I did to conceive Lori. Call me and let me know you gotten safe. Oh, and remind me to tell you what your therapist said. I could tell. Do you maybe need a ride?
2: I would kill my daughter if she died on a motorcycle.
1: Oh, it's in the motorcycle. This is a Harley Davidson. October, that makes you a Libra. Scales, justice. You should be a lawyer. Maybe. And not married. That's. So funny, my daughter's not married
0: either. Hello, and welcome to the This Head Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast whispering menacingly at Julia Roberts in our utterly unbothered American accent. Every week on This Had Oscar Buzz, we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty Academy Award aspirations, but for some reason or another, it all went wrong. The Oscar hopes died, and we're here to perform the autopsy. I'm your host, Joe Reed. I'm here, as always, with my little Wetzel's pretzel, Chris file. Hello, Chris.
1: Joe, I'm so glad you called. Have you heard the new Beyoncé single? This is it.
0: Anyway, I was just calling to play that for you. Phenomenal. Um, Beyonce gets so much play in this movie, more so than I remembered. There's more Beyonce and more (laughs) The Grove in this movie than I remembered, and both of which I could not have been uh, happier about. What a movie Like totally dialed into my own personal (laughs) weird little Los Angeles that exists only in my mind, and apparently uh, for Marnie in this movie as well. It's maybe a good thing you don't have a daughter. It's maybe a very good thing I don't have a daughter. Um, Before we get... Any farther into uh, the Meddler, though, than that brief minute-long interlude, we want to introduce our guest because I cannot—I cannot think about the Medler without thinking of our guest this week, um, the world's foremost enthusiast about this movie and evangelizer and with very good reason a returning guest after episodes about evening and diana we have finally invited him back to talk about a good movie uh chief critic at vanity fair richard lawson welcome back to this at oscar buzz
2: hello Um, Hello. (laughs) yeah i i um I didn't really think of it in those terms, but yes, this is finally a good movie that I get to talk to you guys about. I had not... completely
1: forgotten that, <laughs> yeah. you know, normally you only come on here to talk about trash.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and both are trash. I mean, evening is in its way trash. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> like, like, yes, I enjoy uh, talking about evening, and, and even the experience of watching evening was uh, not entirely unenjoyable. Diana's a different story. Diana was uh, was tough sledding, but, you know... <laughs> We had Naomi's best interests in heart as we were talking about that one. But you Next will have time me you'll back come
1: for... on to talk about the Richard Daldry film <laughs>
2: titled Trash, <laughs> right there. There you go, and then I can do Grace of Monaco. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really complete the set. Um, yeah, absolutely. But no, we are talking about uh the meddler richard this one i i think i reached out to you about diana as well we've only given you your own agency one time in this podcast but you've been a very good sport about it but i had a feeling you would not um mind terribly if i looped you in to talk about the meddler because Mm -hmm. uh as i said you are a champion of this movie and i love you for it so talk about why why i chose you to, to talk about the meddler um yeah
2: because like when it came out or even before it was released like i was just like kind of a very vocal meddler stan i saw it at toronto in 2015 yeah um, and it was one of those things where it was like it was like there were like five of us in the audience, you know, at the press screen or something. I mean, probably a little more than that, but like, yeah. it just was sort of like not attended and sort of overlooked. It was kind of Toronto filler or whatever, right? And I kind of expected it to be exactly that because I'd seen um, searching a friend, seeking a friend for the end of the world, and thought it was fine. Yeah. Um, and then I went to see the movie, and I came out of the theater onto King Street, like, like or wherever it was, like, just on this incredible high. And I went home, and I wrote this like rave review, and. Um, I think I, like, DM'd Lorene Scafaria or something. And, um, yeah, and then it was, like, months and months and months until the movie came out in the spring yeah. of 2016. And so um, in that time, I sort of developed in my head, like, a crazed, <laughs> like, adoration for it. That ended it with th- that year with me putting it at number one of the best movies of 2016 above Moonlight. <laughs> so I don't know if I would do that today, but, you know, that's where I went.
0: The thing that I love about that, though, and, you know, like, I love a uh idiosyncratic top 10 list i don't like it's so much more fun when we get to the end of the year and everybody's got a top 10 list and everybody's got more or less the same you know 12-ish movies that sort of show up on everybody's list right and uh and a list that will and even like the more esoteric ones tend to be like Well, but I have to like do the right thing and, and, and put the movie at the top of the list. That is sort of the consensus choice. And I really loved that you put the meddler on there because a it needed somebody to champion it because as a spring release for a small little delicate, you know, comedy, it wasn't sort of a presence at the year end. And it more than anything else showed that like this is the kind of movie that can really like appeal to somebody in a really meaningful way. And I think that that is true of this movie. I also, like you, Richard, I saw it at the 2015 Toronto Film Festival. I looked up, I brought out my little notebook, my little TIFF notebook, to remind me where or when in the festival I saw it. I saw it on the second Thursday.
2: Wow. Uh,
0: in the middle of Perfect a four-film day. It was a four-film day I saw Spotlight. And then I saw the meddler, And then I went to the Princess of Wales and saw the Martian. And then I went back to the IMAX screen at Scotiabank to see the Danish girl. Oh so my God. it was <laughs> what a, a day. hell of a day. And it's one of those things where like I I put the meddler on my schedule because I'm like, I was like, I want I'm gonna want something enjoyable and sort of low stakes, and I'm such a Susan Sarandon fan. And so nobody was really talking about it, but I was like, this'll be a nice little respite movie in between these big Oscar contenders. and to my eternal sort of regret, I walked out of that movie and I was like, that's a cute movie And then I like rushed across you know six blocks to go see the Martian or whatever. And I didn't really I didn't appreciate this movie for as good as it was until the second time I saw it, which wouldn't be until uh, the next year when it was released. and at that point, Then it like, now I've seen it since like five more times. And every single time I watch it, it sort of like grows on me a little bit more and a little bit more. And then watching it this morning to talk about it on the podcast, I like confirmed to me that like, oh no, this is like one of like, one of those movies that is actually really special to me. And I think it's not entirely, I'm not ruling out the fact that the first time I saw it, I had never been to the Grove, and now um, <laughs> it is my favorite place in Los Angeles. Like when I joke about that, I'm not really joking. Like I am entirely that basic, and like I really everything she says about like it's like living on Main Street in Disneyland, and like it's you know who wouldn't wanna who wouldn't want what I wrote it down too. It's like the very first thing she says, um, who wouldn't want to live in an outdoor mall? And I'm like. As horrible as that makes me sound, in yeah. as a capitalist whatever cuck, like that's that appeals to me. So, um, yeah,
2: I mean, L.A. is a place where I feel uncomfortable pretty much everywhere. Uh, there's just something about that and that going to the grove or the century city mall you're like oh like you just kind of like relax because it's just sort of bland consumerism it's not like it's not particular to la in any way other than it's the midwest of los angeles yes and it's very comforting and um so i totally agree with marnie on that um
0: she's also just like the other thing that i that i realized researching to make this Uh, outline for the episode is it really had been over a decade since Susan Sarandon had been a lead in a movie of any kind of any stripe it had been Mm -hmm. back to like the early aughts and even then it was like shall we dance where she's like co-lead with Richard Gere but that's Richard Gere's movie and like Moonlight Mile where she's like a featured like she and Dustin Hoffman and Jake Gyllenhaal are like the three main characters but like that's still mostly Jake Gyllenhaal's movie but like banger sisters really feels like the last time that she was the lead of a movie her and that's like well her and, and all goldie's. the attention
1: went to goldie hahn for that
0: movie too yeah and that was goldie's last movie until yeah. she made her comeback so like there's Ugh. something was in the water for the banger sisters can, um, can i
2: tell you a story about yes please. that kind of data point yeah so a fan of the movie as i was and particularly of susan Serena's performance I was eager to interview her during their press tour. Yeah, she was so nasty to me, and yeah. she said, Ooh! "Have you?" She said, "Have you even seen the movie?" And I pointed to the poster behind her, and I said, "Yeah, my quote is the second one on there." <laughs> and whatever, okay. Actors can be mean sometimes. Long day; they're tired. Yeah. So two days later, I did an onstage Q and A at the Apple Store in Soho with Lorene. And uh, some, I think Rose was there and Susan Sarandon. And uh-huh. in the first row were a bunch of the Sarandon fans who had shown up, sure. uh, who follow her on Twitter. And look, I, I, I kind of mostly agree with Susan Sarandon's politics. I don't have any ill will towards her in sure. any way, except for the fact that she is not a nice person. <laughs> and I, my first question to her was something along the lines of, this is your first lead role in a long time. How does that feel? Yeah. And boy, did that not go over well. <laughs> and she oh. was horrible to me. Oh, to, no. For the rest of the Q&A, every time I asked her a question, she turned to the Saran fans and rolled her eyes, and they would laugh at me. <laughs>
0: oh, see, oh this is God. why I don't ever yeah. want to do a yeah. Q&A. This is yeah. why yeah. I turn those down every time I get asked. Them. Like,
2: It was I'm rough, sorry. and it was in I'm an sorry, Apple Richard. store. And then a day later, I told someone that, that story, and they said, well, did you get the free iPad? And I said, the what? And they said, <gasps> oh, yeah, when you do those Q&As, they're supposed to give you an iPad. So I didn't even what? get the iPad. God damn
0: it. <laughs> yeah.
2: But my integrity holds that like I still, months later... Put it as number one because I don't hold any grudges against Susan Srandon, even though, and I had a third encounter with her months later, where she was again awful to me. Oh
0: no! Oh wow! That's so it's consistent. So oh my She's
2: God. not a nice person. No, um, she's a brilliant really actor.
0: But your point was entirely correct, though. Like I'm like it probably doesn't feel great that that's the case, and like it's not your fault for bringing it up. Like that is Hollywood's fault. Um, exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Well, and also not to be super um, basic about this and reductive about what acting is, but to know that she's uh, that degree of kind of an asshole, and then watching this performance makes the performance all that more impressive. um, Yeah.
0: Because it's a purely likable character. And like a lot of that credit obviously goes to Lorraine Scafaria for writing such a, you know, incredibly textured and and nuanced, and kind, and generous sort of story. But someone
1: who is so good that they are grating in their goodness, you know.
0: Sure, yeah. There's so many things I like about this story, and obviously we'll get into it more once we get on the other side of the plot description, but I think one of the things just sort of throughout the movie is, this is not a movie, excuse me, this is not a movie that is seeking to have any kind of Ironic satisfaction with how, with the kind of person that Marnie is. You sort of would expect in another comedy to have her be disillusioned or have her like some of these sort of like surrogate daughters that she adopts disappoint her in some way or have this, you know, bubble of a life that she's built in Los Angeles get punctured for her in kind of a nasty way. And that's not what this movie is. This is a movie about her sort of coming to a more, you know, balanced acceptance of, you know, this life that she's built for herself. But it never says that that life is bad or that she was foolish for doing any of the things that she does. And I feel like it's such a better movie than the more cynical version of this movie would have been.
2: Well, Yeah, because it's a deeply um, empathetic movie, you know? Yeah. I think that Scafaria has said in interviews that, like, she deliberately made Marnie the center and not Laurie, you know, because yeah. she wanted you to be sort of, like, in her head and kind of have her be inescapable. And in that, I think Scafaria, who, you know, this is somewhat based on her own life, like, she she sees past, like, what Laurie sees, and it's like, yeah. no, this is a person, and I'm not going to punish her, and I'm going to write her very credibly. I think a worse version of this movie way overdoes the mom speak, you know, and, yes. and, and kind of just doesn't get it right. But I think there are so many lines in this movie that give you the shivers or give me the shivers because it's like, that's kind of how moms sound like or yeah. really is <laughs> really is how moms sound. And um, yeah, so I think that like, underneath the exterior, which seems to be a kind of lo-fi, you know, mid festival movie with good performances, but otherwise kind of unremarkable is yeah. actually something pretty rich and, um, and smart and thoughtful.
0: Yeah, well, my notes that I made while I was watching the movie this morning are literally just, like, three pages, and it's all just quoted dialogue from the movie. Because there's so many really, really great and cute or funny or appropriate sort of lines. I I think it has
1: one of my favorite punchlines of the past decade. Um, (laughs) Which is what? uh, My daughter shot a pilot. Yeah. (laughs) She's in TSA talking to a security guard in an airport. Like, kind of somewhat dejectedly talking about her visit to New York to visit her daughter. And uh, she has the slight double take as soon as the words out of her mouth of what uh, shooting a pilot could possibly mean. Yeah. Uh, and I remember my cacophonous echo uh, laughing at this inappropriate joke. In well, the and that joke and is just sort of allowed,
0: allowed a to, to land and to sit for a second. And there's no like follow-up really yeah. to it She sort of like it cuts before it gets to like the the untangling of of that moment it's very funny I and it, like also off, any... it also pays off it also pays off that moment earlier where rose burns like don't ever say pilot or what is it like there was right. like three things she's like don't deadline say pilot don't say deadline right yeah
1: if listeners revisit this movie or visit it for the first time because of our episode i feel like people will be surprised at how funny this movie is i'd forgotten how funny it is and i liked it when i first saw it
0: if you have the stars add-on for amazon prime which i do uh you can watch it for free so highly recommend that you do that um let's not waste any more time on. let's get on to the uh, uh, plot description but first i will read off the stats for this movie the meddler from 2016, uh, directed by and written by Lorraine Scafaria, starring Susan Sarandon, Rose Byrne, J.K. Simmons, Gerard Carmichael, times two, Cecily Strong, Lucy Punch, Sarah Baker, Casey Wilson, Michael McKean, Jason Ritter, uh, adorable Jason Ritter, uh, Amy Landecker, Billy Magnuson, doing Billy Magnuson things, and we love him for it. It premiered... Do we think
1: Billy Magnuson might be playing Bo Burnham?
0: Oh, that's an interesting thought that I hadn't had until I watched this. Or until because, you said that. Because Lorraine Scafaria and Bo Burnham were together before this movie was made, even. Interesting. I, As somebody who has met Billy Magnuson at a bar sort of late at night uh, once, he seems like he's also playing Billy Magnuson <laughs> to a degree, which is like... okay fine and good and uh, and lovely. But, uh, yeah, that's an interesting thought, Chris. I hadn't thought about that. Um, premiered at TIFF, like we said, September 14th, 2015. Then, several months later, played the Tribeca Film Festival, uh, inauspicious, as that may be, April 19th, 2016, and then was uh, open and limited release that following weekend on April 22nd, 2016. Richard, we're going to ask you as I pull out my phone... Um, to give a 60 second plot description as best you can are you ready i am all right and begin anyway
2: Lori minervini sorry <laughs> let me take that again Lori <laughs> minervini has checked out of her life so her mother marnie checks into it she's moved from the old world well new york to los angeles to be closer to her tv writer daughter with the money left to her by her late beloved husband joe Lori's a depressed mess who can't get over her movie star ex, but Marnie keeps nattering away at her anyway, as is her strategy for dealing with tough stuff. When she's not leaving her daughter rambling voicemails, Marnie gets close to Lori's friends, including a lesbian who wants to have a wedding. She drives a guy from the Apple store to and from his night school classes, and she meets cute with a chicken-loving and almost definitely Trumpy cop. This is all, of course, (laughs) a distraction from her grief, which she and Lori eventually come to terms with as Marnie navigates new romance, life discoveries, the sunny melancholy of LA, and the profundity of Beyonce's I Was Here.
0: Boom, with 18 seconds to spare, Richard is very good. So, yeah, a nice and succinct plot description for a movie that does not uh, waste its time, I would say. Everything – all the meandering stuff in this movie ends up being incredibly satisfying. All those sort of uh, small characters. I think it's incredibly well cast. All of Laurie's friends uh, who Marnie sort of gets involved in their lives – uh, Cecily Strong and Lucy Punch and Sarah Baker and Casey Wilson. I think that's really good casting. I love her and Gerard Carmichael together yeah. so much. I think mm-hmm. they make for such a fun pair. Um,
2: Do you think being in the Meddler is when Gerard Carmichael really re- realized he was gay?
0: I mean, if you <laughs> if you make a movie with Susan Sarandon and then, well, I guess now all this other information either she you know scars you for life with her meanness or she makes you realize that. Uh, uh, unequivocally yes you're you're gay and you've got to come out at some
2: point. i'm sure she's lovely on sad. i think i just had her no on, listen. On
0: bad days but a bad um, several days
2: yeah this also speaking of the of the cast like the supporting cast this is the movie i think where i started the sort of campaign in my head to be like why isn't cecily strong in like many more things than she's hitting? uh-huh she's yeah. such a good actor she's funny she's like good at this more serious stuff she's yep. i don't know she just has it all and yet shmigadoon is it i mean i I don't really get it
0: i know i know hopefully she seems she's sort of still hanging on by that thread at saturday night live in the way that like you can do now that like competing projects don't necessarily make you have to like leave that show like now Mm -hmm. keenan can like do a whole sitcom and still you know be on snl which i imagine is great for you know, financial security and and paychecks that keep coming in, but also, like, in terms of the way that people's careers tend to progress, it's a little bit sort of like the apron strings are still there for a lot of these cast members. But, like, she has, I think, I think I agree with you, Richard. Like, she has tremendous talent, and there are a lot of really great things that hopefully in this movie she has
1: one of the trickier subplots to pull off. Because yeah. it's Marnie paying for, not her daughter's, uh, basically renewal of vows so that she can have an actual wedding, but spending, you know, five figures to do
0: so. Right.
1: But I do think Cecily Strong kind of grounds it in a way Yeah. that um, it's
0: really sweet. And again, like, I, I remember the first time I watched it, I was really expecting that character specifically to turn out to be selfish or to like take mm-hmm. advantage like some sort of like rom or, like whatever like light comedy version of dogville where like everybody just sort of takes advantage <laughs> of this one kind woman's generosity or whatever but uh um thankfully it never happened that way chris or uh or richard you bring up a, a a salient point about jk simmons character which is that like when this movie when i first saw this movie it was still uh we were still a ways away from uh the the specter of president trump and um watching it now you do get that feeling of just like oh he's really sweet he's really nice they make for such a nice couple oh but you know what probably and uh, he couldn't have just been a fake movie cop he couldn't have
1: been (laughs) i'm
0: an extra who plays cops right that scene stresses me out more than it should the scene where she's walking through the set accidentally (laughs) and she gives the dollar to the homeless person. And it turns out to be a movie set because they take her flowers and her sweater. And I spent so much of that next like five minutes being like, I hope she gets her sweater back. She does get her sweater back. I think you see her
2: carrying the sweater, but the flowers I think unfortunately are gone. The flowers are gone forever.
0: Um, But uh that's I mean, that's such a cute scene. Like, that's... There's so much of... I like that her L.A. is sort of a charmed L.A., even while she's, like, getting her car stolen. And, um, you know, uh, more sort of, like, sit... Not necessarily sitcom stuff, but, like, the cop shows up just as, like, the bag of weed makes its presence known in the scene and that kind of thing. Um, but there's just... I don't know. There's just a lot of really charming things that
2: happen. It makes you... Yeah, I mean, it... LA is one of those places where it's like I, when my parents come visit me in New York. There are some moments like we went to Williamsburg once, and I like turned around and there were like my mom and dad on Bedford Avenue, and I was like, "Nope, this is yeah. wrong. <laughs> that they, they should not be here." I mean, they're from Bo- they're like they live in they lived in Boston for many years. They know cities, right. but like it yeah. just felt like totally out of context. And I feel like LA would feel the same thing for like this nattering you know East Coast mom who like yes. doesn't really understand a lot of like present tense culture. Um, right. And the idea of her just roaming around LA, like, that's a bit horrifying as, like, a child of of that person. But I like that in this movie, we see that, like, Marnie can carve out a pleasant enough way to live by being friendly, by being helpful. She's not throwing her money around to, like, buy people. She's just like, I have it. It feels a little tainted or a lot tainted because I only have it because my husband died. So let me help you out. And I think that, you know, back to your point about the Cecily Strong character is, like, I kept waiting for that character to be, like, at a certain point, be like, actually, you're really weird and you're smothering me. Get away. Yes, And I'm so glad that doesn't happen because, like, people are just sort of nice in this world. And I think that that gets um, that we don't we don't give that enough credit in movies, I think.
0: Well, you also get Amy Landecker as the uh therapist (laughs) in a couple scenes, which we had just seen Amy Landecker in uh Beatrice at Dinner, who's also like tremendous playing a very different character. Um but she has that one moment with the therapist where Amy Landecker's like, don't you think you might be doing this because you feel guilty for having your husband's money? Don't you think you might be doing this to like create surrogate versions of your daughter and your husband? And it's one of those things where it's like she's not wrong. But it also, like, again, doesn't puncture Marnie's life in a way that, like, sends her spiraling or whatever. Like, she's, her being made aware of that ultimately helps her sort of, you know, like I said, like, you know, balance her life better by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's not like she decides to like, well, that that's enough of that. That's enough of me, you know, spending my money on other people. That's enough of me helping other people out. I love that. The last thing you see in the movie is her leaving that voicemail message being like, well, I'm watching. Um, Oh, what's Cecily Strong's character's name in this again? I just turned this movie off a second ago, whatever. Like I'm watching their kid, <laughs> you know, tomorrow, like she's still doing all those things. She's still, you know, That essentially same person, but the therapist is still, you know, on target about that kind of stuff. (laughs)
1: Right. I mean, all this, but Marnie also isn't some wounded bird. You know, I don't think that this movie would qualify as like nice core, but I I think it's a better movie and a funnier movie. And Marnie is more interesting because she can be cloying. She can be too much. She can be annoying, Mm -hmm. but it's still, she can still also be a a good person. And we can understand where that's coming from. But like, (laughs) there's definitely times where she oversteps it with her. Daughter, or where you know she's doing something that's absurd for the sake of you know taking care of people um
0: are we just saying that this movie isn't nice core because it's good though and no we, gen- we tend to like no use that because as a I think nice
1: core is like furthering the plot by people being nice and like i feel like this is more so furthering the plot because marnie is learning something about herself and getting past a certain type of grief and like i would argue a type of grief that we don't normally see you know like it's not it's not about learning to you know move past the death of her husband or you know the like Kind of you know garment rending type of grief, but the type of grief that's like okay, who am I now, or like who am I going to be moving yeah. forward in the rest of my life? It yeah. also
0: isn't like one moment that unlocks it for her, which I also like. It's right. sort of a accumulation of things.
2: Well, there's, I mean, I think yeah, I think about the nice core thing. Like, I think the dif- difference is it's not smarmy. You know, it's it's sure. not yeah. it's not sort of pointing toward its nicest. It's not. Um, you know, it it it's not that Buzzfeedy kind of like, you know, that prompts Tom Skoka to write that essay. On All SM. the feels, yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the scene with with um Lori on the floor after the whole pregnancy test disaster where she says, like, it's hard to look at you because someone's missing, and I line. miss my dad. Half the room's not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and half the room's not there, exactly. And it's like, this is what the movie's about. The movie is not about, like you said, Chris, it's not like like her tearing at her clothing and saying, my husband, my husband. Yeah. These people miss their old life, you know? Yeah. That's what it is. And it's sad, and there's nothing to be done about it. And the movie, though, it's called The Meddler, and it starts with this kind of contentious mother-daughter relationship. And that is a big part of the movie. That The movie is not about making her not a meddler, you know it accepts her as who she is she's gonna be a little annoying sometimes or a lot annoying sometimes and she's gonna overstep and she's gonna embarrass you or herself or whatever but she's still a mostly good person and she just needs some help as does her daughter kind of like accepting the reality of the present tense
0: she's gonna go watch that jason statham movie because she heard it's fabulous (laughs) you know (laughs) it looks fabulous i also Uh, love it's such a small little thing i love that she um Drives around L.A. but doesn't like to take the freeways. Like, she's oh, found yeah. a way to exist in L.A. as a driver just taking surface streets. I could like, yeah. uh, the one reminds time I, me of my mother. Like, that's what right. my mother would do. So, like, I love that. Yeah.
2: The, the one time I rented a car in L.A., I was had to drive to the airport and the GPS was, like, putting me on the freeway. And I kept, like, not doing it so I could, like, trying to take side streets. And eventually the GPS basically was like, Richard, you You're have to own. get on the freeway. <laughs> and I white knuckled it, it was fine. But like, I think that's such a fun little detail, maybe more for like, you know, it's an inside LA joke, as is kind sure. of the Grove stuff. But like, it's just there's so many little, little points of information about her that just really, it, when you step back, it's such a full character. And I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah. We talked about the sort of the Susan Sarandon of it all. That this was her first lead role in *Many a Moon*. Rose Byrne is in it at an interesting point in this movie. Um She, I think, the Emmy nominations that she got for *Damages* in two thousand nine and twenty ten really helped legitimize her because, like, in her early part of her career, like she's in really good movies like *Sunshine*, but like nobody really saw that at the time. That really didn't become a thing until like it sort of amassed a little bit of a cult, the higher profile things she's in like Troy give you the sense that Boy. this is like not a very good actor, sort of like taking the roles that kind of come to her. And she's in like 28 weeks later, which feels like, you know, an unnecessary sequel. And it's like her and Jeremy Renner and everybody was like, eh, really.
2: and Imogen Poots. Don't forget Poots.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. How could I, how could I forget? Imogen Poots? <laughs> um, But I think Damages comes along and she's sort of like is able to go toe-to-toe with Glenn Close over the course of like many seasons and that really legitimizes her as a dramatic actress. And then in the 2010s, she's in Bridesmaids in 2011, Neighbors 2014, Spy 2015. And I think those three movies really like... Unlo- like the. I mean, it all happened with bridesmaids. Really, like once you saw bridesmaids, you're just like, oh, she's super funny, and she's be- become just a much more established comedic actress. She's not like incredibly funny in The Meddler. She's much more like, you know, the a little bit of like the heavy in, in this movie. But it's it's an interesting career point that like spy happens just before. Uh, uh, Medler plays the festivals
2: i think the shame of it for her because i think she's one of the best actors of her generation i think she's so mm-hmm. good yeah is you watch a movie like have you guys seen Juliet naked the um, yes yeah I, with ethan hawk yeah yes. uh, it's a yeah. nick hornby adaptation no one saw it but it's a really good movie and oh well i mean it's a good movie she's great in it and yeah. it's one of those star turns where you're like okay here we go this is a leading film actress. But it happened in 2018 when that sort of thing completely went away. You know, it's yes. like, mm-hmm. so of course she has to be on TV now, you know, which is fine. She's great on TV. But like, I just think she kind of like, unfortunately, she was like in the wrong era or something. Because I think if it was 20 years ago, she would be like a big, big, big movie star.
0: Yeah. Do you either of you
2: watch physical? I've not seen I've it. I've
0: watched... The part of I think I watched most of the or half of the first season of Physical, whatever whatever batch of uh, screeners I got from Apple, I I thought she's incredibly impressive in it, in a show that is like it's a rigorous show, like it's a tough and rigorous show, and it like is a really interesting take on that kind of a character, that kind of self hating character, but it's so strongly done that i'm like this is really good i prefer to not watch this because Mm -hmm. it's it's intense like the degree of like her inner monologue in that movie is punishing and she's great at it but it's also like oh this is maybe not what i'm going to choose to spend my time watching just because it's it's so intense did you watch it richard
2: no no i yeah i it's it that that show like many shows, it just feels too T V. You know, sure. I'm just like I'm like that's mm-hmm. just like content that's out there that I can't really tangle with, I guess. I did love It doesn't help that it's an
0: Apple show. Right. I exactly. did love her on Mrs. America as Gloria Steinem. I thought she was mm-hmm. yeah really, really good yeah. on that. In a in a cast that like everybody was kind of, you know, throwing fastballs on that. Like everybody was doing really, really well, and I thought she held up really Uh, really strong
2: i mean she can do american she can be british she can be australian she can do all this stuff and like she could be in period she could be in contemporary she's done sci-fi like she's done horror like she's done comedy obviously like i don't she's just very versatile and um i think part of my like disappointment about like the idea of the show physical is like well now she's stuck doing that for how many (laughs) however long exactly i
1: want to see her do like again we're talking about things that mostly don't exist i want to see her in like a Tamara jenkins movie mm-hmm, i want to mm-hmm. see her in a cole hall of center yeah, movie exactly you know that's where it feels like she would be doing her best stuff but she's
0: already got another apple tv plus series on the way with it's her and seth rogan and nick Stoller sort of getting the neighbors team back together again it's uh called platonic i don't know a ton about it but do we
1: want that as a tv show though
0: It's an interesting Um, question. I don't know. Like many Apple TV things, like, I'm sure, like, they've done a ton of stuff that I really, really like. But uh, with the exception of a very few things, with the exception of your Ted Lassos and your Severances or whatever, they kind of exist on that little Apple island that, you know, you can go visit, but you don't really linger (laughs) on. Right. I don't know. Anyway... Hey there listeners, Vulture is bringing back the Vulture Movies Fantasy League. We talked about this a little bit last week. We're here to talk about it again. We're going to be talking about it every week up through the Academy Awards this year. Vulture kindly uh, let me design, help design ...their movie fantasy league game this year, and if you are at all familiar with fantasy sports, the concept is going to be very similar. If you're not, don't worry. It's really easy to grasp how all of this is working. This launched on October 31st, so the game is live. You can select a team up through November 21st, so keep that date in mind. What we've done is we've gathered a list of the 2022 releases, ones that have already opened, ones that will open by the end of the year, and we've assigned them dollar values based on how well we think they will perform during award season and how well they will do at the box office if they haven't opened yet. Uh, to play you'll have a budget of a hundred fake dollars to put together a team of eight movies. There is obviously going to be some strategy at play. You won't have enough money to just load your team up with all the big guns. So you'll need to mix and match between big ticket items and smaller diamonds in the rough. As Angela Bassett might say, Chris file, that's the job. That's the game. (laughs) We We should get Angela Bassett to do a drop. That would be fun for us. Um, Anyway, once you she's select- busy, she's, she's a little busy. Book- she might have busy. a movie
1: coming out. She's right
0: got now. it. She's you know what though? Campaign trail, right here. We are. <laughs> That's a goal maybe for us for the future is to be a stop on the awards campaign trail for people. Uh, uh, shot that one away. Anyway. Uh, once you've selected your team, you can start to accrue points. You must select a team, as I said, by November 21st to participate. And I really want you all to participate, so um, don't blow that deadline. The movies will score points based on a bunch of categories, included but not limited to box office earnings, critics' awards prizes, precursors like the Golden Globes, the Independent Spirit Awards, Guild Awards, also the AARP Movies for Grown-Ups I was going to
1: say, the most important precursor this award. This is how
0: you know that I had a hand in this whole thing, is that <laughs> I was like, we need to make space for the M4Gs. Um, the whole contest culminates on Oscar night, and whichever team has accumulated the most points wins. What do you win? Besides bragging rights, and those are not inconsiderable, uh, there are some prizes that have been provided by our friends at Roku. First place gets a TCL 55-inch 5-series Smart Roku TV. Second place gets a Stream Bar and a wireless base bundle. That sounds rad. If you want to come play, and you really should, just go to moviegame.vulture.com. From there, you can click on a link to a landing page where you can get the complete rules, including all the ways you'll be able to earn points, as well as the full list of available movies and their dollar values. And then, when you're ready, you can draft your team. Once again, what's the date we're keeping in mind? November 21st. Don't wait too long. get to drafting chris you and i without spoiling it because i don't want to reveal what our teams are yet until we've passed that november 21st date but we've all we've each drafted our team and we have named our team we have sort of uh if you play fantasy sports you know that the naming of the team can always be a way to inject some personality into the proceedings chris your team name in particular uh is a good one and is one that i feel like you got in on before anybody else could get it on
1: well i feel like i made perhaps the basic choice but uh my team name is lydia tar vivo sure
0: the lydia tar uh memification is going along swimmingly just in general and i feel like this is a key component of that the uh Fill in the blank here, VIVO. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: joke
1: format is uh, she? certain quite I mean, like she's a Grammy winner. She certainly has one hundred percent a YouTube VIVO page.
0: Everything that Kate Blanchett does to promote Tar, I automatically am like, yeah. But what if Lydia Tar was doing? What if Lydia Tar was on <laughs> Hot Ones? What if Lydia <laughs> Tar was doing a variety actors on actors? Like what then? Truly. Composers on composers. Lydia Tarr and Danny Elfman. Just across you know, uh, a table from each other. Mid uh,
1: mid her downfall, we actually found Lydia Tar's alt, actually. Oh no. It's at Petra's father. <laughs> oh, sorry, I got that wrong. It's
0: actually at Petra's father. <laughs> My team name uh, is a little less on the cutting edge, but it is... This had Oscar buzz adjacent because it uh, riffs off of a movie we've covered on this podcast. I am, of course, uh, Burn After Reading, reading spelled like my own name. So um I guess what I want to know from you, Chris, in this little bit of time before we're going to hop into our episode, what strategy or strategies did you sort of take into picking your team? Because there are lots of ways to do this and it's going to be i'm I'm writing my newsletter my very first newsletter that will go out as an update to everybody uh who has signed up for the game another reason to sign up for the game you get to hear me blather on once a week for all Mm -hmm. of oscar season um there's a lot of ways to go about making your team because all these movies are priced differently you have to make some judgment calls and i'm very curious as to what your sort of uh i don't know I what definitely took was, what an approach was.
1: that leaned more into expectation of points regarding award season points and not the box office points. Yeah. However, I would caution listeners and game players who think that they might rely on a box office strategy, you can start a point accruing points right now. Right. So, if, if you want those uh, Wakanda Forever opening weekend points... Get on that now. Get on it now. Yes. Yes. I figured, you know, excluding Wakanda Forever and probably Avatar, you know, box office right now is so volatile that that Mm -hmm. felt even a little more foolhardy in trying to get points there versus, you know, trying to get the award season points. And then I tried to, you know, from there, uh, focusing on getting as many mid-tier... Dollar movies in there, you know, rather than, you know, spending my whole uh, amount on one big player. Right. I have a couple medium players and then spread it out from there. Well, if you,
0: if, if our listeners, uh, and if they've been following us, they sort of, they know a lot of this by now that Oscar season tends to pretty quickly narrow into a handful of titles who end up getting. The lion's share of awards and nominations, right? And so the way that the game is priced, you're not going to be able to get more than like two or three of those. And even that you have to really like, you know, be shifty. You're going to end up having to pick at least a few movies from the $5 bin, the $2 bin, the dollar Mm -hmm. bin. And there, there is where I find the game to be especially interesting is what What are you going for? Are you because like there are ways to strategize that? There are ways you can be like, I'm going to go for something that I think is going to be a foreign language contender, and I'm going to be very limited in the range of points that this could get. But if it should, the return on
1: investment will be
0: huge. The return on investment is, uh, and same thing with the animated features. I think is Mm -hmm. if you pick something that is going to maybe succeed in the animated category. You'll only have one category basically per precursor to score in, but you could show up there every time. And you could get something for pretty cheap. I also have talked to people who have been like, I'm going for something that I think BAFTA's going to go for. I'm going for something that I think the Golden Globes musical or comedy categories are going to go for. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go for something that might clean up at the Indie Spirit Awards for a dollar. Like, why not? You know what I mean? Um, I have one pick, and again, I'll talk about this more once I to reveal my whole team i have one movie that is essentially only picked because i'm taking a flyer on it getting an original song nomination and if it doesn't happen then <laughs> going to be a useless. Is. it's going to be a useless pick but if it does then you know there's some points to be had there. listen so
1: if i if i'm get correctly guessing uh what that might be uh globe's comedy
0: yes uh yes um, I'm Give making hand signals. I'm, I'm making hand signals to Chris so that our listeners cannot see. Okay, so November twenty first, once again, is the date I want everybody to remember. But Chris is right. The sooner, especially if you're going for box office, the sooner you make your pick your team, the sooner you can start accruing those points. And you don't want to miss out. If you're going to go for Wakanda, you don't want to miss out on those opening weekend points because those are everything. So head on over once again moviegame.vulture.com. Come play with us. Come play with us, Gary's. Come play with us. I just just finished listening to the Blank Check episode on The Shining, so that is heavily on the mind. All right. Thank you so much. We will head on right now into our regularly scheduled episode on The Meddler. You will love it. And come join us in the Fantasy League. Bye-bye. Love you. I'm trying to look at seeing what else. Oh, another (laughs) Insidious movie coming down the pike. Why is
2: she still doing those? Money, baby. Good, well, good yeah. money. But Vera yeah. Farmiga is now a professional, what, like, exorcist or whatever. Basically, like, yes. Because of <laughs> yeah. The Conjuring. Yeah. Um, you, I be, you know, that's something I guess you could feel stuck in, but, like, the, I'm sure it's so profitable, because, like, because, like, Ethan Hawke kind of set the precedent with The Purge, right, where it's, like, you just get the back end. I mean, I don't know if they're still doing back end deals, but, like, he made, like, $40 yeah. million dollars off that movie. So, like, yeah. yeah. So a lot crazy. of other actors were like, oh, maybe maybe during Juliet Naked, Ethan Hawke was like, no, stick with it. <laughs> keep keep <laughs> right. doing it, I promise.
0: Um, and I'm just sort of like looking through her filmography since The Meddler. And it's been like, yeah, like Neighbors 2, X-Men Apocalypse, uh, another Insidious movie. Like, Juliet Naked is sort of like exists on a little bit of an island there. Um I feel
1: like she's a performer that we've talked about that it's like she can go and do X-Men movies and have some like really bad spots on her resume and they haven't hurt her career. And yeah. at this point, it's like we probably need another spy or something like that to not feel like they've ultimately hurt her well,
0: career. What did Paul Feig do this year that I remember being like... That fucking Netflix it? School for Witches or good whatever. Oh, for that looks right. Good right. right. Yeah. like Like why are we doing like why are we doing that i don't know um she was also in that john stewart movie that i did not see but everybody that was seemed horrendous to super hate so oh my
2: god that's right yes.
0: yeah it
1: could not have been less funny um
2: talk about smarmy that movie yes Uy. yeah it's yeah. just so didactic and like see you were wrong because john stewart is still so obsessed with like the overlooked you know middle america white people right. thing and it's just like right. it, it just plays into that it's just like a lecture of a movie and yeah she's totally wasted Ugh.
0: two yeah. peter rabbit movies in that span right so, those were passion uh, projects right yeah. yes well she you know uh peter rabbit uh, grew up in her neighborhood and she wanted to do justice to right. Right. Yeah. that character <laughs> exactly yeah um who else do we have in this movie to talk about uh jk simmons was just coming off of his whiplash oscar a year and a half or so before this movie the um uh the push broom that died to to gift him his mustache in this movie i hope get thanked in the uh in the special thanks credits. he's
1: part of the swiffer family of products <laughs>
0: that's right Um, This was also, though, the J.K. summons of it all ties it into the trend that I want to talk about that was happening in this sort of mid-20-teens, which was...
1: One of my favorite trends of my lifetime.
0: Older lady finding herself um, often in a romance with Sam Elliott, but not exclusively. Mm -hmm. Um, This was sort of your... uh, I'll See You in My Dreams, which is the one that I really, really loved with Blythe Danner. Good movie. Um, Totally, like if you were not seeking out a movie from this particular genre, like you probably didn't see it. And she's wonderful in it. Uh, Grandma with Lily Tomlin was also 2015. Hello, my name is Doris with Sally Field was 2016. It was um, a boom time for uh, the phrase actress of a certain age. I feel like I used that a lot uh, around that time. And um I liked them all. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I. That was a genre that spoke to me, while everybody else was getting, you know, uh, superheroes and uh, and whatnot. My I mean, these are superhero movies. My my um, my Avengers Endgame was Black Danner and Lily Tomlin and and uh, Susan Sarandon and Sally Field shooting energy beams at each other across. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and they all had their like little cadre of friends too is the other thing. Is like Blythe Danner wasn't just Blythe Danner, she came along with like Rhea Perlman and June Squibb? Who was the who was uh, the friend
1: Conceivably in that movie? yes. Hello, my name is Doris Has time daily. time daily. Uh Grandma has well, that's one of the Sam Elliots
0: Marcia Gay Harden's her daughter in
1: that sure marsh k hardin who's working on a treadmill basically she yes. has one of those standing desks that are also a treadmill yes
0: uh i think the meddler is sort of head and shoulders above uh, all of those movies much as i, I do agree. love i'll see you in my dreams but like the uh that was a moment in time in the in the span of what was probably 20 months <laughs> you know and what i has mean
2: now been replaced by Four old ladies do wacky thing X. They have uh, a book club. They become cheerleaders, you right. know. And, and those movies are are getting worse and worse. Um, to the point of: Have either of you seen the Diane Keaton no. big ripoff kind of thing? I was
0: just about to bring it up, but no, no, I haven't. The, uh, what is it called? No, I something it in and I and joked and about. Mac and Abel. Rita. Mac and Rita. Yes. Yeah. Um, it Milo is. Milo and Otis.
2: Oh, yeah. Horrifying! I didn't know what that movie was about. So I was watching a screener at a friend's apartment, and there's this young actress, and she's acting completely insane. I was like, what (laughs) is this actor doing? Why was she cast? I don't understand. And then the age-up thing happens, and it's like, oh my god, she was trying to do Diane Keaton. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I felt immense pity for her because what an incredibly hard thing to do to sure, like imitate to be a younger version of of someone who would turn into Diane Keaton because of like a fortune teller spell or whatever it is. Like it's absolutely wild. Um, and That's, but that uh, that movie has a funny supporting cast of older ladies like Loretta Devine, Amy Hill, yes. Lois Smith, Wendy Malick. <laughs> yes yeah
0: i remember when that trailer first came out i remember being like obsessed with who would get the with and who would get the and in that cast because like it was uh... well
2: and it was and rita got the ant got the.
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're never going to get another first wives club we're just going to get more movies like that till the end of time uh palms is what palms is diane keaton jackie weaver jackie weaver yeah yeah yeah
2: and if the meddler had done better we could we could have changed the whole game you know, we really could have. It was a great little sh- movie that, like, no one. I mean, what, to the point that I was like voting for Susan Sarandon in Best Actress at the New York Film Critics Circle, yeah. and the the president, the, the 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 chair that year, I won't name him. He yelled because it's an anonymous vote. He was like,
0: right. "Stop voting
2: for fucking the, the Metler." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "See, well, you know, this is the this is the that's your problem if this you don't the understand inherent this in the yeah. system. While well, I'm, I'm exactly. being repressed, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: exactly." Um man, I appreciate that you were you were taking that bullet for the rest yeah, of I really went all the
2: way with this movie, as far as I could anyway. I
0: think the the why it didn't end up getting uh Oscar success is pretty well after that story, now we understand the gatekeepers of uh of Big Hollywood were were keeping her out. Um but like this when you have that festival movie that sort of plays quietly and then doesn't open until the following April you know, the the fate is sort of sealed. Lost least, City of Z
2: That was uh, another yes. one. That was an <laughs> April release after a fall festival premiere, and then it t- went nowhere.
0: Which is too bad. I, I, you know, some precursor stuff would have helped. It got one AARP Movies for Grown Ups award. That's nomination.
2: a crime. It should have gotten, what, six? <laughs> what yeah, 17. Like,
0: if, if any movie is poised to be like the Titanic of AARP M4Gs, it is the meddler. Like, what are, this is a movie, ex- except that you're being pandered to. Maybe this was like the AARP M4Gs being like, <laughs> she, like, like people, like, you know how gay guys are with Charlie Puth? where you're just like, get away from me with your, like, me. being right. hot. <laughs> like, I'm so offended by this or whatever. Shameless like, AARP what. bait. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just, uh, uh, old baiting. Um, yeah, I don't. They got it was not
1: that under- uh, old baiting though is when we get thirst traps from midsize sedan, <laughs> not from
0: Charlie Puth. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's old baiting uh, sequel to M. Night Shyamalan's old um, best grown up love story, which I wanted to, I put the note in here in the uh, in the document that I didn't want you guys to look this up in advance because I wanted to sort of spring this upon you. Who Often it lost? Deranged to, category. What's that? often deranged category very often deranged category um let me find it now okay so the meddler susan sarandon and jk simmons best grown-up love story were nominated they did not win nominated alongside florence foster jenkins flo fojo uh meryl streep and hugh grant okay
2: that's respectable. that's cute that's sure
0: sure uh fences viola davis and denzel washington which Hmm. fraught love story, R- yeah. but yeah, not romantic uh, exactly. Your, yeah, that's a, that's your, <laughs> stay
1: together for the kids.
0: Yeah, right. You know, acclaimed movie, good movie, um, really great performance. Movie stars. Um, fourth non-winning uh, nominee, Lainey Kazan and Michael Constantine in my Big Fat Greek Wedding two. Oh yes, absolutely. Which I'm just glad that, you know, Nia was able to gift those two legitimately great performers. Listen...
1: Michael Constantine is not going to be in my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 the first Sadly. time they acknowledge it, because I will be there for my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. I will be sobbing when they uh, give him his rest in peace moment.
0: I think you mean my Big Fat 3 wedding is how they're going to style <laughs> Jesus it? Jesus
2: Christ. Is that right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, God, if only it would. No, I'm, I'm absolutely lying. But if it's... if. Well, because my big fat Greek wedding
2: three is going to be a again Megan sequel, right? Like, it's all <laughs> yeah. part of the same
1: universe. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Famously, Megan was
1: produced in the Greek Isles. And also oh. by Rita Wilson. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> Modeled after Rita Wilson. Rita Someone Wilson please... showing up at
0: home with, like, a present for Tom and just being like, look what I found. Like. <laughs> oh, I think Chet's going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> the winner. For the year 2016, Best Grown-Up Love Story in a Film went to Margot Martindale and Richard Jenkins in John Krasinski's The Hollers.
2: Oh, God. Uh,
0: Isn't that like a dementia movie?
2: no i don't know like if it's a, dementia it's like a Marco sundance Martindale
0: is is ailing of something i saw this movie and i don't quite remember it's it. like
2: a sundance rambling family comedy and again smarmy it's such a bad movie and it's so funny that like krasinski with a quiet place was like this is my first film as a director and everyone's like, like well no actually no, there are a couple sure there are a couple bad ones behind you but um oh
0: boy yeah. I just uh, what are you listen aarp voters you know i appreciate you and i love you but sometimes y'all are off the reservation. That same year, though, as I scroll down one more category, which The Hollers is also nominated in Best Intergenerational Film, which whatever it did not win, it lost to 20th Century Women, and rightfully so. Because that I mean, is what we call a quality win. For a
1: quality very movie. strange that uh, they did not nominate Susan in Best Actress, though, if they're giving this Best yes! Grown-Up Love Story.
0: Yes! All right, who was nominated What is the are Best there? Actress lineup? All right, I'll find it. Uh-huh okay i'll also say best time capsule went to jackie which hmm. i don't know what that means <laughs> okay all right honestly the best actress list is tough to fuck with there's there's obviously a couple weak spots here where sarandon could have gone in annette benning wins it for 20th century women correct great call she also should have won the oscar that year i agree didn't happen um isabel Huppert nominated for l great Tilda Swinton nominated for A Bigger Splash. Cool nomination, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Meryl Streep nominated for flo Joe, which of course, like that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And then Sally Field got the uh, Old Lady Coming to Terms with Things nomination for Hello, My Name is Doris. I think I put Susan in above those last two and uh, you know, bump Meryl, bump Sally, whoever you want, and then that's a really good category.
2: Tilda Swinton. That's a cool. That is a cool nomination. Good for that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Especially for
1: that movie in general to be recognized by AARP, which is like half is like two and a half hours, most of which is just like people fucking or doing drugs in the Greek Isles, and then they're revealed to all be horrible people, and that's the movie. People
0: telling Tilda not to speak because uh, (laughs) she'll damage her vocal cords, and. Every single time she tries to speak, I get so stressed out in that movie. Her and shown
1: Schoenart's just rubbing mud over each other's <laughs> naked bodies. It's a great movie. It's a really good
2: movie. Yeah, the ARP voters like, now this is a movie for grown-ups.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Go to bed, kids.
0: <laughs> ARP voters are uh, watching their screeners. Um, that was a really great year for Best Actress in general, though. I thought mm-hmm. the Oscar... We've talked about that Oscar category a ton of times, but Richard, I don't think we've talked about it with you. Um, that was the year... Uh, Emma Stone wins, Natalie Portman is nominated for Jackie, Ruth Negga for uh, Loving, Meryl's nominated, Huppert is nominated, and who am I forgetting, Chris?
1: The winner, Emma Stone.
0: Oh, I said Emma Stone? Okay. So, yeah. um, high-profile snubs, Annette Bening for 20th Century Woman, and Amy Adams for Arrival. Right, yeah. Richard, I remember you sort of called the Emma Stone thing pretty early that mm-hmm. year. And pretty, From Telluride. Uh, from Telluride. Mm. And uh, a very uh, astute call on that one. Where where do you come down on that field for Best Actor?
2: That astute call, by the way, was completely undone this last year because I was convinced that Nicole Kidman was going to win for being the Ricardos for, like, <laughs> <I> mean, months. <laughs> there was
1: a minute, though, yeah. where it felt yes. like a done deal.
2: There on, on the podcast I do for work, Little Gold Men, um, <laughs> there are many, many instances, if you listen to that that season— of me being like and Jessica Chastain she'll just be happy to be nominated if she's nominated at all. <laughs> like
0: I thought the same thing though Richard. Like yeah, up until yeah. I was never convinced she was going to win up until they read her name at the Oscars. Even at that point I was like Penelope Cruz maybe. Right. Like I just like I was I thought there was going to be a big surprise and I kind of refused to see that writing on the wall
2: but then the minute it happened i was like oh right that does make sense (laughs) (laughs) you know it's the academy um but 2016 yeah i mean i think that just for for like life work sake i mean huper would be the one for me um and she's great in that movie and it's a cool nomination that she got it i know it like meant a lot to her um i think she kind of thought she could win which i i wish someone had taken her aside and been like no that's well, she won that golden
0: globe though
2: I, i know but i think she put too much stock in that she didn't I,
1: Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure she was second place, but she was definitely a distant second
0: place
2: um emma stone was just so undeniable emma stone was so season. much the
0: overwhelming favorite that her envelopes just sort of overflowed to every other place on the stage <laughs> yeah. right right yeah it's like a, that like a harry potter thing where all of a sudden you open a cauldron and it's just like envelopes with emma stone's name written on it just come like surging out.
2: faye dunaway was like that 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 la la land did did my friend dirty my friend isabel <laughs> dirty so now i'm gonna screw with them are you in warren <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> Oh is she friends
0: with Faye that's they'd have to that, be friends
2: right I'd have to imagine <laughs> two mean, mean old ladies
0: <laughs> that's the paramount plus um behind the scenes of the Godfather uh, series that we need to is that we need to have is Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty's plot to screw up the 2016 Oscars like that is uh that's the one I want to watch um well, Ubert, I mean, like, I could see why she
1: might have thought that she uh, had a chance at winning because she had, like, basically the full apparatus of Sony Pictures Classics ensuring that she got that nomination and, like, doing everything right by her. Uh, the same distributor as The Meddler, which is like, of course,
2: Susan didn't get nominated for this movie when, you know, yeah. it was
1: all efforts towards Uper getting that nomination.
2: SPC is interesting because a lot of times they, like, really play things right, you know? Like, you think about the, what they did with the father, like, like holding mm-hmm. it so late, so it was like the freshest thing in people's minds. Um, but then, then they kind of screwed up Call Me By Your Name, I think, even though it did get a bunch of nominations and a big win, but like, I think they didn't do well at the box office. Like, I don't know. They're interesting. And I think that... Sony Pictures you know,
0: Classics either vacillates between incredibly, like, full-court press, aggressive and enthusiastic, and then, or else, it's just like, hands off, we're doing the least.
1: Right. They do no they do room. really well with stuff that they hold really late, like Amor is an example of that. Mm. Uh, L is an example of that. This is why I think Living has a better shot for Bill Nye than people seem to think Ooh. it does right now. And, I
0: think and he like does th- have a very good shot. I think people are coming around on that, Chris.
1: I mean, they. It, I think it could be even a little bit more than him, but we will see. They they also when they're playing to an older crowd, like they seem to really know how to go after that voter. I yeah. think yeah. and like. But obviously how to, to over- by your maybe overcome there was
0: that strategy being completely wrong for that movie like they waited they sat right. on that movie for so long at that like by the time anybody got to see it who wasn't a critic at a festival or whatever it was such old hat it was such old news and the the narrative was allowed to be low box office numbers so like this uh, this appearance that the public had rejected it when the truth of it was the public hadn't had a chance to see it yet. Mm-hmm. That still frustrates me. That still makes me so mad. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, What else do we want to talk about? Um, I I like that after the meddler sort of didn't get everything that it could have and should have in awards season, that like at least... Hustlers happened to sort of prove those of us who had liked the meddler correct that this is a really, you know, talented filmmaker who can really put something together and make it happen. Even though Hustlers didn't get everything that could have come to that movie awards wise as well. It was a moment in culture.
1: It's a movie that made a hundred million dollars. Um,
0: I mean, Lorene
1: Scafaria, good director. Uh, clear like, and the medler and Hustlers on the surface could not be movies that are any more different, but at the same time, like they're kind of stealthily uh, interesting ensembles with, you know, these star uh, performances at the center of them. They are both kind of about women who are pigeonholed into a small box, and the movie is about showing how they are so
0: much more than that. Um, Go with me here, though, Chris. Marnie is at the Grove in the evening. She's walked through a movie set that day and didn't get her sweater back this time. And it's a little chilly. And it's, you know, one of those, like, you know, Los Angeles evenings that's a little bit chillier than you think. And she's sort of, like, rubbing her, you know, arms because it's getting cold. And then off from uh, sitting on one of those stone benches, just uh, Ramona... With her fur wide open and says, "Marnie, come sit in my fur. You look cold." Oh. And that
1: she's in the back of that Hummer or whatever uh, when "Give Me More" starts playing and <laughs> Ramona says, "This is my shit right here." Yeah. Uh, Marnie pipes up and says, "Ooh, put on the new Beyonce song."
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the the Hustlers crossover with Medler uh, needs to happen and uh okay so her follow-up needs to happen you guys she, say,
2: you guys do know that fiona apple's criminal plays anytime susan sarandon enters a room right <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's in her rider yeah you, that was at her rider at the apple store that uh, they had to set something yeah. up i love that it was a talk at the apple store though like how perfectly appropriate for yeah um, the if anyone's
2: I listening i'm still totally willing to accept that ipad <laughs>
0: I was going to say, I feel like, all right, uh, let's get that hashtag a-brew Hashtag like, get Richard an get iPad. Richard an iPad.
2: But, but it has to be a 2016 version. <laughs>
1: yes, right. Yes, exactly. exactly. You can't download any modern apps no. on it. It is not
0: basically I, usable, I try to put Discovery but...
2: Plus on it, and it explodes.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is
0: Lorraine Scafaria working on uh, now?
1: I thought she was working on some type of horror movie, but then I thought that there was some... TV show depressing um, so I don't know if there's been a firm announcement like something is shooting but then again Hustler is filmed in like 20 days or something so but
0: like once again Hustler's 100 million dollar movie and we can't get this director a follow up like exactly what's going on here what's she happening?
2: she did an episode of um, Succession
0: she did a the birthday party episode, episode. yeah yes. um, and she,
2: uh, deadline is telling me
0: Or or no, maybe this is old.
2: I think it's old. Never mind. They said that she had like a TV movie or a pilot or something. But I think that was a long time ago. That
0: would make sense. We've talked about this on recent episodes, how the sort of trajectory for a lot of these um, sort of promising directors and filmmakers in the 2010s has been um, promising film to... Uh, limited series on television pipeline that feels like that's mariel the... heller's next
1: movie is going to be for hulu it's depressing
2: i think that loreen scafaria and mariel heller should do a grindhouse like planet terror death proof yes. <laughs> yeah fuck, <laughs> yes. a double feature Absolutely, <laughs> that's that's what i that's what i want to spend four hours doing in the theater um next fall
0: please yeah 100
1: um who are the directors that make the trailers that play between the movies for the Mario, Hall of Marie Center Scabaria
2: does one. Grunta.
0: Hall of Center does one. Tamara Jenkins does one. <laughs> Chloe Zhao um, does some uh,
2: really like haunting one. Um, and Casey Lemons Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just, just put them all. Just ha- you know, let's give them some uh, big, big work.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, did you? I didn't realize she wrote an episode of Ben and Kate, which I guess is uh, the Lucy Punch connection for this. That's fun. That's good.
1: Okay. The era of Lucy Punch showing up in things and not being funny, I remember as being a very trying time for myself <laughs> personally. L- Lucy Punch is like full star demerit for this movie. Tonight. Wow, wow, a take. Lucy Punch slams a joke to the point that it's never funny. This is just my minor so. I up, thought she but... was
0: pretty funny in that in that baby shower scene. <sighs> It's from a
1: different movie.
0: The way she plays it is from a different movie. I mean, she has a very sort of singular comedic energy. When's the last time she's been at something? She was she's in Confess any Fledge. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet,
2: but people seem to really like it. Um, she's obviously it hilarious like... in, in Cake, for me. too, the Jennifer Anderson movie, which.
0: Well, everybody in that movie <laughs> yeah. is hilarious, yeah. is the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Did uh, she peek
2: like... with Into the Woods weirdly? like i mean not that not that 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 movie was good but like that's like a really big movie for her to have been in right yeah
0: yes i think that's right um wait i'm bringing her up on imdb what else lately confess fletch a tv series called bloods that she was in 16 episodes of that i've never heard of um an episode of the new gossip girl didn't watch Uh, She plays someone's grandmother. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. It's that one uh, 30 Rock episode where uh, uh, Jenna Maroney's going out for a role and she's playing like somebody dying of old age. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right. Of
2: natural causes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Did you watch the new Gossip Girl, Richard?
2: Yeah, I had to review it. Um, It So I watched like the first four and wanted to claw my eyes out and I then, I say, then i went back to it that i weirdly yeah. went back to it and finished oh, out you? the whole season wow. because i thought the like gay plot line was kind of sexy <laughs> well that's that's why <laughs> um,
0: i've i've watched television for less uh less honorable reasons so that show is I
2: shockingly won't... bad i mean but the thing about it is the original wasn't good either so well, i don't the
0: think. original wasn't good uh, yes. And I was just probably at an age that I was more attuned to that demographic and I was more forgiving of that. The thing about the new Gossip Girl, and I didn't watch any of it, but every single element of that show's publicity and social media presence and like the dialogue around that show, everything about it was the most annoying thing i would ever experienced. Except for the Gawker was...
2: recaps.
0: Oh no, I mean oh the new one I'm
2: talking about. Oh the new one. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant like no. the whole of Gossip Girl.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course, the Gawker recaps of original Gossip Girl were uh uh stellar. whatever happened to
2: the guy who wrote those. Those those were so good.
0: I uh, he wrote something about uh a Montauk monster and was se- weirdly right. never seen again. He and... be-
2: he saw the meddler in Canada and went crazy and <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's been banging on the door of the apple store for like six years it's
2: really embarrassing
0: yeah um uh what a time gossip girl recaps gossip girls the original gossip girl is one of those shows where you're just like oh like 20 years ago right and it's just like no it ended like in what did it end in like 2012 like not that long ago
2: Oh yeah, no, it was it was pretty pretty recent. Like
0: I had already like met you <laughs> by the time that uh-huh. that ended. Like we were already like uh, like IRL friends. That's so time is weird. Time's weird, you guys. All right, what else from this? I'm gonna just like open up my little notebook and just like read off all the lines that I wrote down because it's all so good. Um, oh, here's one thing that I wrote down in my because I I found my tiff notebook from that year and so i read like what what were my notes and a lot of them were like literally the same thing i made the exact same note about um (laughs) six bagels all salt which i found just just a tremendously funny touch because like i would have had the exact same reaction of like why would you get all salt bagels (laughs) like bagel that's what she said uh but i wrote down uh in my tiff notes insanely good looking egg and toast which oh yeah i watched it again And like it looks good, but like talk about like festival stomach, like talking at that point where I was like eight days deep into a film festival, and I was just like, "Good food." Like you
1: have not eaten anything that is not a Tim Hortons
0: breakfast sandwich, right? There's a a great Maltesers or something like that. There's a
2: great little button to that montage of her her making the toad in the hole or whatever it is. Yeah, where she loved it. It was so good, and then she catches herself being happy about. Something having to do with another man that isn't her husband, yeah. And it, the film, it quick cuts to her like scrubbing the dishes, cleaning it up, and try, kind of get, try, like kind of getting rid of the moment. Um, yeah. that I think is just like again one of those things where, like on on closer inspection, the movie is like a lot more textured yeah. than it initially seems.
0: It's really well observed. It's one of those you know just incredibly so many good little small touches, whether in dialogue or whether in you know little moments like that. Um when she meets Michael McKeon's character and they both talk about how they were both uh from Brooklyn and the one's like, Oh, I grew up on like 48th and 5th uh, by the church, and she's like 43rd and 7th by the other church. I I thought that was very yeah. funny. Um Amy Landecker. Oh, the the smash cut to her and Gerard Carmichael and, and as the two brothers uh to them all having ice cream was Really funny to me, where she's just like, Do you want to just go get ice cream? And then just like smash cut. Yeah. That's very cute. Do,
2: is this movie at all tainted by its Lisa Rinna connection? Because Harry Hamlin's in it? <laughs>
0: oh i didn't even think oh, about right. that you know
2: it's i mean it's him laura Giacomo, and shiri appleby who were yes. pl- who were like the cast cast in laurie's show which well, is really at, funny at,
0: like i imagine for lorraine scafaria too like the triple deep levels of like people playing people playing loved ones of hers is has got to be very uh interesting and funny
2: yeah and marnie's saying you look just like him and he's like what uh like the the, the character you're playing you look just like him because it's like her husband you know i think and it's just like it's sweet and and then uh obviously Lori's like cantaloupe cantaloupe
0: right stop talking to him (laughs) that was a payoff too where like she's because when she sits her down she's like and the safe word is cantaloupe and all i'm thinking of just like in what way would that ever would like a safe word end up being applicable and then when it comes back in it's a it's a really nice payoff there um half the room's missing tremendous line uh oh the the fact that uh JK Simmons plays uh, Dolly Parton's here you come again to the chickens I was going to say Dolly
1: Parton needle drop perfect thank I you. mean also
2: very, like a a moment where I was like oh no she's going to start crying cuz she's like this was me and Joe's song or something but right. the movie doesn't <laughs> force that emotion ever you know which I think is right. so great it's just like it's just a pleasant moment that then you know kind of moves on
0: Yeah Yeah it's just a really good movie But I, he's definitely I... trumpy <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no. I mean, you're not wrong. He's living in Harley in the
2: kind of living in the country, or Like it's like there's a lot of uh, factors there.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, God, all those chickens. Just you know, to what to what end? To what Trumpy end?
2: And and Marnie says, "I don't vote." Joe always voted. (laughs) You know, like
0: (laughs) the scene with her and Joe's family in New York is a really good scene too, and that's a scene that is full of unspoken stuff and that's one of the like she never really has like a confrontation with them or like a like a moment where like everybody's cards are on the table but you know exactly what the vibe is where like they all love her she loves them but there is this sort of unspoken thing where like they want him interred the way they want yeah. with like the quote from my way and the you know the burial plot where they can go visit and They're sort of nudging her the one direction, and she's using Lori as an excuse to put it off. And in the meantime, there's like that really cute story about the spaghetti, and it's all just handled very delicately Mm -hmm. in a way that is very satisfying.
2: But she realizes she can't go home again, you know? Yeah. Like, it's it's yeah. gone in a, in a lot of ways. And then, well, you know, it goes right to the airport where she's like, I live there now, in Los Angeles, the, you know? The
0: scenes of her in Manhattan where she looks like a tourist yeah. in Manhattan is such a great touch. And it's like, she not hang a lantern on it, right? It's just like, she's looking up at the buildings and yeah. whatnot in the way that, like, a tourist in New York City would. It's really, really clever.
2: Like, and she's like, I took a photo of Daddy's old office or his old building or whatever, yeah. and you're just like yeah but it's like kind of haunted now and you know um and yeah. then and then there's that really beautiful little scene of her crying on the plane you know because yeah. um and she's crying not because she's like oh i'm leaving my family or whatever but she's crying because she knows that like it's gone in, in some ways yeah. i mean though she'll have those people but like her right. new life is in la and um yeah i think i think that's subtly done and well done
0: yeah yeah that's really good uh, Chris, what else do you have about the meddler?
1: Apparently, uh, Casey Wilson's house, or not Casey Wilson's house, but uh, Cecily Strong's house in this movie is the Nightmare on Elm Street house.
0: Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. Poor poor Ronnie Blakely's still got bottles of liquor hidden uh, hidden around the... Cecily situation. Strong's just getting pulled
1: through <laughs> a little uh, door window.
2: There is, There was originally a scene where a bunch of school kids set her, Cecily Strong on fire. And then oh. she...
0: <laughs> Well, that's why she couldn't have the 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 wedding the first time. That's how that got uh, ruined. She needed to have. Who plays her wife? I looked up the actress, and it wasn't anybody that I recognized. Um, I I thought it might be like a name that I recognized from like comedy or something like that, but it wasn't. Um, Oh,
2: I think she has been on. um, There's a really fun podcast with Paul F. Tompkins and. Nicole Parker, um, called Neighborhood Listen, where they, they basically like it's stuff that's from like the Next Door app or whatever, but they mm-hmm. like change it to be part of this fictional town. Um, oh, it's really cute. funny, and I think Rebecca or Becky Drysdale has been a guest on that and was very funny. She's like, a, I think she was on Big Gay Sketch Coat, It looks like so. Yeah, she's that's what oh, she is. Nice. Yeah.
0: Oh, very good. Again, just a really just you know really good deep cast in this. Um. Also, the the girl who plays Jason Ritters new girlfriend in this uh megalyn uh as was in whit stillman's um damsels in distress in a oh, right. role that i really really liked her in good so, movie uh again just like really good cast members sort of uh at the fringes of all of this oh also can we talk about the scene where michael mckeon's character drives her home from the it was the wedding right and he moves in to kiss her, and then she employs the, like, self-defense yeah. tactics or whatever on him. But, like, <laughs> the funny part of that is when she gets out of the car, she's running serpentine yeah. in a way that, like... As if he was gonna shoot her. As if he was, like, a sniper <laughs> or something. It's just yeah. Very
2: funny. Is this the um, only movie where Susan Sarandon has punched Michael McKean in the dick?
0: Uh, <laughs> there must be others, right? Well, no, Dead Man Walking <laughs> begins with that. Right. And it's, right. It's in the opening credits. She's like,
2: no, I, un- I understand it. violence. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, that's what made her want to become a nun. She had to like that was her rock bottom was uh, uh, punching Michael McKean in the dick. Yeah, so yeah, this was the only movie where she did that and didn't get an Oscar for it though. So that is uh, that's the distinction. Um, All right, Richard, do you have anything else you want to say about the Meddler before we move into the IMDb
2: game? Um, No, I think we've kind of covered it. Um, I'm glad you guys. um, I mean, this did kind of have Oscar buzz, like right?
1: Like it. it, Oh
2: yeah.
1: Oh yeah. I mean. It was Just number one on Vanity Fair's
0: top ten list, Richard. That makes something happen. That
2: sentence, close. by the <laughs> way, is the last line of the meddler's Wikipedia I, page. <laughs> I
0: saw. <laughs> I almost screen grabbed it and sent it to you, but I wanted to uh, uh, leave our conversation fresh for when we talk.
2: Someone made a Wikipedia page for me for some reason. And um, uh, and I said that, because I, I had said like on a, on a tweet, I was like, I want one of those Wikipedia pages where the last line is, he is openly gay. <laughs> you know those ones?
0: <laughs> Not the end of the
2: personal section, but the very end of the whole thing, you know? The whole thing, right. And so someone put it in, which I was happy about.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Marnie's Wikipedia
1: page would be, I don't know, personal life... Uh, I don't know. I'm just imagining what... uh, The last one one would be anyway. Anyway. um, Marnie is a noted member of the Beehive... Yes. I think Marnie would be more famous on TikTok than having
0: like a bustling Wikipedia page. That's fair. That's fair. I want to end with me giving my five tips for visiting the Grove. One of them is <laughs> go to the farmer's market, and there's like a candy counter sort of right in the sort of center ish of the farmer's market where you can get um, pretzels dipped in caramel, dipped in chocolate that are astounding and um you can like get a couple of them and then just like get a ticket to the movie at the movie theater and go see a movie and like afternoon well spent um i did mention not to double on the pretzel thing but there's the wetzels pretzel stand where you can just like get a nice little pretzel and have a seat and just sort of watch the world unfold around you that's really good um there are some seats at the this, this uh at the center of the fountain where like one of the restaurants you can just like go and like get a cheap meal at the restaurant and then just like sit amid fountains happening around you. That's a great place. Um, I didn't prepare a list. So now I'm stuck on three, (laughs) but like you don't need to go to the cheesecake factory is maybe what I'm telling you. Just like that's a hat on a hat. I feel like going to the cheesecake factory at the Grove feels unnecessary when you could just like, Get something cheap at the farmer's market and just sit in, you know, in the middle of the hustle and the bustle of it all. And it's nice at Christmas time, right? Oh, my God. I went there last November when the Christmas decorations were up and it was gorgeous. Like legitimately like California Christmas time, like beautifully (laughs) idyllic. I loved it so so much
2: so if anyone is in la feeling that kind of particular la unease and malaise just get over the grove for a bit
0: just go to the grove it's so good it's so wonderful all right um chris (laughs) why don't you explain to our listeners what the imdb game is
1: All right, every episode we end with the IMDb game where we challenge each other with an actor or actress to guess the top four titles that IMDb says they are most known for. If any of those titles are television, voice-only performances, or non-acting credits, we'll mention that up front. After two wrong guesses, we get the remaining titles' release years as a clue. And if that's not enough, it just becomes a
0: free-for-all of hints. Indeed. Uh, Richard, as our...
1: Unsolicited advice and, uh, you know... (laughs) salt bagels uh
0: voicemails yes um richard as our guest you get the option of whether you want to go first or go last and also in which direction this little round robin will go
2: i'll go first why not get it out of the way um and i'll ask chris um so the the obviously you mentioned that jason ritter is in this movie um so i thought about his life and his life partner so I was wondering, Chris, if you could do Melanie Linsky.
0: Oh, uh, the best. Living
1: legend, Melanie. And there is one TV. Uh, uh, is the television... Well, I would think because of the amount of awards attention she's gotten, it, the SEO of that is going to bump up Yellow Jackets, so I'll say Yellow Jackets.
2: Incorrect.
1: Oh, no. Is it togetherness? It is, yes. Interesting. Okay. Um, For movies... Um, she won like a Sundance prize for the intervention. Is it the intervention?
2: That's the one I didn't think you would get, and you did. Oh, well okay, done. cool. Nice. Um,
1: it's a good movie. I liked it. Heavenly creatures, yep. but I'm a cheerleader.
2: No, uh, okay. the movie you are looking for was out in t- 2009. Up in the air. Exactly. Well done.
1: Very good. There we are. Very good.
0: All right, so Chris, right. you give to me. Okay,
1: I went into the Lorene Scafaria, you know, filmography. I'm looking for, if not an actual mother in the movie, I am looking for a motherly type. And I pulled out uh, Build as Mother in Hustlers. Miss Mercedes Rule. Oh my god,
0: fantastic. All right. Um, well, I imagine her Oscar win for The Fisher King is on there.
1: Correct.
0: No television.
1: No television.
0: Is Hustlers on there?
1: No. Okay.
0: Is Married to the Mob on there? Married to the Mob is on there. She's so funny in Married to the Mob. Um Mercedes Rule. Where are things going from there? Okay. The problem is at some point she just sort of stops being in movies. Very much. You said no television? No television. This was not a very big movie, but I remember it being like, I think she had like theater success with it and it did become a movie. So I'm going to... Oh, no, wait. I'm, before I do that, I'm stupid. Big is got to be on there.
1: <laughs> big Jesus. is on there. Yeah. So you right. have one movie. You have one uh, more guess.
0: So anyway, the, the one that I think it was the theater crossover for her and I'm just going to guess is Lost in Yonkers. Incorrect, though. Lost in Yonkers
1: fully belongs there. We should do a Lost in Yonkers episode. We should. Uh It is from the year
0: 1987. Oh. So the year before Big and Married to the Mob. Is this a movie I know?
1: Uh, quite possibly. It's a name director. The movie star is uh, a a big star for the 80s in comedies and comedy-adjacent type of movies.
0: Um... Eddie Murphy?
1: No. This director directed. Well, it's probably not going to help you. The director is Herbert Ross. Um, the uh, the lead actor who is very famous did TV and television. Became famous because of a franchise. I
0: actually don't like that much. A film franchise? Yes in
1: the 80s. A
0: comedy film 80. franchise in the 80s.
1: Yes. Comedy and franchise.
0: Oh, so not like Police Academy. Not no. Okay. Um comedy and action?
1: A uh, high concept perhaps sci-fi comedy. Okay. Um more comedy than sci-fi but sci-fi.
0: Okay. Uh oh. Is this like that, a like a Dan Aykroyd type? No. No.
1: Think younger at that time.
0: Michael J. Fox.
1: Michael J. Fox. Oh, Back to the Future. That's the franchise, but right. it's not Mercedes Rules. Movie. It's a Michael J. Fox movie. It's a Michael J. Fox movie from nineteen
0: eighty seven. Oh god. Is There's a lot
2: like, of, like... I think Alex P. Keaton, like, what his kind of personality secret, traits Is it her.
0: Secret of My Success? Is that what it's called? Secret of My Success. Never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> interesting. I imagine she plays his... Mom? I guess? Something. I don't know. Um, interesting. Anyway, that spot should be Lost in Yonkers. Yes! Alright, I agree. Or, like... I mean she wasn't a regular on Frasier but like she was on Frasier for like kind last of Last Action
1: Hero. She's the mom in Last Action
0: Hero. There you go. Or Hustlers. She's great in Hustlers. Okay. Right. Um Richard, mm-hmm. I am giving to you so an interesting tidbit about Lorene Scafaria that I didn't bring up um that I learned from her Wikipedia page is that during the Writers Guild strike in 2007-2008 she recorded an album And one of the songs from that album was used on the soundtrack to the Drew Barrymore movie Whippet that I really love, um, that I always sort of ride for. One of the cast members of that movie is Oscar winner Marsha Gay Harden, star of, um, uh, of course, So Help Me Todd, the television (laughs) series that is uh, burning up the charts. Don't forget to do the Patrick
2: Harris show. Done that too oh god Uncoupled. that's right
0: thank god you also had to watch that richard because i needed somebody to vent about that show yeah. with.
1: one of my favorite things about being a weekly new episode of survivor person is that it's also my catch-up of what is happening and so help me todd because i will inevitably get a so help me todd up uh,
0: i will like catch review. the i don't remember it's not survivor because is right at eight but when i was watching either must have been big brother over the summer i would catch the last like stinger for ghosts every week and i would uh uh that was my little catch-up on ghosts a show that seems kind
2: of cute it is it is fun but speaking of the so help me todd when did skylar astin get like hot you
0: know what i mean he looks really good
1: i feel like there's just a certain type of person that once they hit 35 40 they are hot
0: yeah i also feel like we are come we are in a moment where like all of the Spring Awakening kids are now, like, are like you know how wine peaks at a at a time. All right, easy you know there, Virginia I mean? Madsen. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say. Right, I'm just going to throw in the Virginia Madsen speech from uh, from, uh, um, and they look so fucking good. Is the end of my speech for that for all the the Spring Awakening guys? Um, uh, I don't know. We're yeah, having a moment. Marsha Gay. Is um,
2: that who I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah. Give me, yes. give me.
0: Give me. Give me. Give uh, me. Marsha Gay Harden.
2: Oh. Pollock,
0: correct. Pollock, her Oscar win.
2: Um, is there? There's no TV, right? You said no. No. Um,
0: even though she's done a lot of it, all four uh, slots it, are so healthy. If there talk. was TV,
2: I was going to say, um, oh wait, she's on the morning show, right? Or is she's it? Or is it? Or show? is it the newsroom? Is she on both?
0: She plays the same character essentially on right, like, the okay. morning show, the yeah, newsroom. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. there's a ton of those shows where she's essentially like the. Either the like the in house lawyer or the in house uh, reporter, and it's okay. uh, basically the same. How to Get Away with Murder? I'm pretty sure she's like that type of character too.
2: Um, I want to guess Meet Joe Black.
0: Should be because no. um. The fucking party that she throws in Meet Joe Black it deserves to be recognized, but no, She's strike great one.
2: In that. Um, <clears throat> okay, um, sorry, the goddamn party, not the she. Right. Say, in. the goddamn I, party. I bet it's not Flubber. Um, it is not. Mona Lisa <clears throat> Smile.
0: No, <clears throat> our very <laughs> first this Had Oscar Buzz episode. All right, so that's two strikes. Your missing movies are from, one of them is two thousand three, two of them are from two thousand seven.
2: 2003 I'm so bad at years is the problem Um,
0: 2003 is the the most sort of prominent of them in that she was a featured supporting role she was Oscar nominated for it and it was a big Oscar player that year (laughs) she was nominated for playing the wife of an actor who won an oscar
2: okay oh she's in exactly. return of the king of course right yeah yeah <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> she's treebeard's wife in uh in, in return of the king um treebeard's wife is a character who will probably show up in the rings of power in season two is what i'm gonna guess that's that's, that's, that's my probably, prediction
2: yeah um i'm sorry i'm so bad at this game um i'm kind uh,
0: it's very it's uh it's a movie that's out of your old stomping grounds adjacent
1: Uh, And a Best Picture nominee. It's set in a picture. It's
2: set at Boiler Room.
0: Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, (laughs) it's a movie starring Marsha Gay Harden, set entirely in Boiler Room.
2: Um, in my it's based on
0: a novel. It won two Academy Awards for acting. Both actors won uh, for this movie. Oh 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 oh
2: oh. Um, is it? Oh no, it's not. No, it's not what I'm thinking of. Um, sorry. Would say say more things. (laughs) Sorry
0: directed by i'll just say clint eastwood
2: oh um right it's it's a uh, uh, million uh, million dollar baby no um the, the, other, the other one the other one um oh for christ's sake what a, mystic river jesus Mr. sorry river. I, all yes, i can think of all, in there. all i can think is that and laura linney's uh, she's supposed to be from boston by way of mars right like that right. accent is like so <laughs> yes. incoherent um okay geez i should have gotten that. Uh, all right um, so
0: your two 2007s one of them is directed by one of the men who won an oscar for mystic river
2: oh boy
0: and one of them is based on a stephen king story
2: 2007 directed by that wouldn't was that would that be Cradle rock that's no is that that's earlier
0: that's earlier. That's um, earlier. But it's not Tim Robbins as oh, the other actor. Oh
2: either. oh oh dear. Directed by Sean Penn. Um,
1: you probably forget that Marcia gay is in this movie because there's a million famous people in this movie. Oh, Into
2: the Wild.
0: Into the, into wild. the wild. She plays his mother, right? Right. That's the... I believe. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Hal, so Hal, the... Hal Holbrook plays his mom. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> He's the he's his earth mother. Not his birth mother, <laughs> right, right. but his earth mother. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, your other Stephen King adaptation is also from 2007. Stephen I really King. liked it. A lot of people thought the ending was way too uh, bleak and harsh. but
2: Oh, I oh, oh. Um, the Mist.
0: The Mist. That she ending is, is so bleak. It's Jesus so Christ. bleak. It's incredibly bleak. Um, she plays just an incredibly over-the-top character that I ate with a spoon. I thought it was so much fun to watch her. We want the boy. Just chew every bit of scenery in that movie. Um, yes. All right. So good job, Richard. Oh, no. A... Terrible job. But but um, <laughs> that's okay. I,
2: I expected that.
0: No, I'm saying good job remembering uh, all the TV characters she played in the morning show <laughs> and the newsroom. <laughs> right. And
2: uh, it's all, They're all named like darcy o'reilly or something like she's right. you know like
0: rebecca halliday is oh there you go there, the that's even room, better that's yeah. like yeah. so uh, un- unbelievably perfect she's legitimately fan- fantastic in uh that show trophy wife that only lasted like a couple seasons that was a good little show it was a good little show yeah. everybody i've never heard of this show. malin ackerman right yeah, Bradley Whitford marries Malin Ackerman and he has two previous wives played by Marcia Gay Harden and uh Michaela Watkins. Right. And they right, all right. have kids and they all have this sort of like functional, dysfunctional family, and it's really good. Yeah. All right. Uh Richard, as always, just an absolute treat and joy having you on this show. Uh come back anytime you can do the selecting next time even though i know you were more than happy to talk about this one but thank you for coming on
2: i'm holding out for like when you guys start doing movies that got like one nomination because i feel like i have a lot in well that.
0: we'll we'll talk about it <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll
2: have a discussion
0: i'll, I'll see you
1: because... in
2: 2035
1: <laughs> i will say for the first time since we've been doing this i we were going over like titles to plan for and i was like some of these years are whittling down in our options. We're gonna end we up just do.
0: doing a lot more recent ones because, like, that's just sort of how it's. We had. have a lot. I'm to gonna hour. be on There's like a lot to work with. I'm
2: gonna, gonna be years. on the Wikipedia for like a movie from like 2004, and the last entry will be, and the movie had Oscar buzz, and I'm gonna look and you guys edit that in there <laughs> so you could <can, laughs> so you could retroactively cover it. Yeah. He's an
0: yeah. <laughs> he's an open homosexual and has had yeah, Oscar exactly. buzz exactly. Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, yes, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. What a movie.
0: What a movie. What a great movie. Great You film. guys, check it out. Go visit the Grove. That is our episode. If you want more This Had Oscar Buzz, you can check out the Tumblr at thishadoscarbuzz.tumblr.com. You should also follow our Twitter account at had underscore Oscar underscore buzz. Richard, where can the listeners find more from you on either uh, the internet or social media or wherever you want to direct
2: them to Um, you. Go to my Wikipedia package. Uh, no... Um, <laughs> Uh, i'm on twitter at rylaws also instagram why not plug that uh (laughs) it's just photos of sunsets literally (laughs) um and then i'm writing at vf.com and i have the podcast little gold men the award season podcast and then i also will be doing with uh, my colleague chris murphy uh uh, we're covering the whole new season of the white lotus on our still watching podcast and i've seen the first five episodes and it's
0: really good oh i'm excited I'm i'm happy to hear you say that um uh, yeah, super excited for that. And uh, let's get this man an iPad, shall we? Let's <laughs> please, that please, All please. Right. get Richard an iPad. <laughs> uh, Chris, where can the listeners find you and your stuff?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at crispy file. That's F-E-I-L.
0: I am on Twitter and Letterboxd at Joe Reed, Reed spelled R-E-I-D. We would like to thank Kyle Cummings for his fantastic artwork and Dave Gonzalez and Gavin Mevius for their technical guidance. Please remember to rate, like, and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever else you get podcasts. A five-star review in particular really helps us out with Apple Podcast visibility. So toast yourself a salt bagel and write up something nice about us and then return your mother's call. That's all for this week, but we hope you'll be back next week for more buzz.